just buggered off there, came back for a minute. There he is, nice, checking in, just having some tasty snack there. And, you know, before we get things going with this episode, I just want to point out that this would would have been the first episode that we could have done with our official show sponsor, Western Survivor, because the fix, ladies and gentlemen, the Ooh. fix shirts, which you can buy very soon through Western Survivor, beef jerky, uh... Everybody got there? Just, you know, yeah, Ray. Ryan, mate. Yeah. Uh, situated. People don't wait, deliver Australia, to it. It's upside down. Australia doesn't really exist. We're actually the Matrix, so. I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say this for mailing, you. mailing stuff is difficult. You've got to... Deliver and then it's got to... And then it's moderate. <laughs> but we will get there eventually when the mail arrives. Otherwise, what we're going to have to do is wait till the pandemic's over, get Ryan over to a show somewhere and give him a shirt. At the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fix, mother fluffers. Yeah. Gentlemen, I'm not very much mistaken. I will check in with my technical director in just a moment. I think this is show number... 38. This show 38, 37, 30, 37, I think. 37. Oh, man. This is the show. <laughs> I'm going to go with 37. I'm going to go with 37. Now, I'm going to start this episode, ladies and gentlemen, with a disturbing story that I saw in the news uh, just this last week. So, apparently, in Canada... I read the story about a guy called Bill, who's an extremely law-abiding citizen, this guy. And he's on a pass, a very, very remote pass in the wild somewhere, right? Now, obviously, we're approaching uh, the wintertime now, and bad weather in Canada. It gets very, very cold, bitterly cold, shrinkingly cold. And a lot of these places nobody ever goes to. So, as it turns out, Bill has just been rescued. He has been stuck on his own on one of these passes. Forget this. Nine months. Okay? Nine months. I talked about him being a law-abiding citizen, lads. I'll tell you what I'm talking about here. You know why he was stuck? He was stuck because a set of traffic lights on this particular pass... Had gone faulty, and they were on red. This mother fluffer is such a law-abiding citizen that he doesn't want to take the risk of going through the red light, running the red light, and he sits at the red light for nine months. Here's where it's interesting. Guy would have died. He would have died, but for one thing. He was in a truck, and he was carrying a cargo of Western Survivor beef jerky. That's right, mother fluffers. And he lived for nine months <laughs> off this. Nine months. Yeah, in different flavours. And let me tell you now, that is testament to me. That just says it all. And when I say says it all, I mean... Western Survivor Beef Jerky. Really good shit. It is. And back in my, my my military days, jerky kept me going. Instead of having to eat ration packs, jerky was it. 
So, so oh, yeah. jerky. Yeah. We're talking about edible jerky, you're not. <laughs> I, I, I heard My English not so good. My English is not basically. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> anyway, we should really be talking about arm wrestling. On that subject, you know, anybody else think of anything else that's come up since we last did a show? Uh, you know, that's popped up uh, offhand. No, you can find us on Spotify okay. and all the major streaming platforms, and never forget that. Just so often, <laughs> I've got one, okay? Khalid and Michael Todd have now arm wrestled. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Now then, I'm going to say very few topics that we have discussed on the show have raised more comments, questions, feedback than we have had about Khalid in particular. And that was after we saw his prior matches with Schoolboy and we talked about the nuances of that and why Schoolboy was a bad match and so on and so on and so on. All of that joined up to the post-Devon Larratt experience. And in the interim, I've spoken at length to Devon about Khalid. And we've now seen Michael Toff arm wrestle against Khalid. So, immediately, we get an influx of questions. I had PMs last night. Last mm-hmm. comment around this. <clears throat> I know you've all seen the same kind of things online. It cannot be ignored. We've got to go into this straight off the bat. So, who wants to go first, or shall I? Hey, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Uh, I'll probably get cops some heat from this, because I think, I think the, the tide is turning to there's more believers in Khalid. Um, I don't believe in him any more than I did prior to Schoolboy for the reason that Michael Todd, a bunch of factors. Michael Todd, A, doesn't know how to strap. He was that casual that he gave himself a totally incorrect strap with the hustle loop. So he had no couple pronation connection at all and Khaled had plenty. So that, that was one. The demeanor of Michael Todd showed me that he was there to foster, um, Belief in Khaled and to to feel every bit of Khaled's strength, and so he went to a place he took pieces out of his own game that he got to experience Khaled's best, and he did, and he was very impressed. So, um, by no means was was Khaled truly troubling Michael, but he did impress Michael. To me, Khaled's strength is not a problem at all, but there's still just so much to come. I I I love his potential, but I, I don't believe in him any more than all the other big guys out there yet. Okay, who wants to go next? I mean, I I, I just watch, I only watched it one time. I watched Devin's breakdown of it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch the whole thing live or anything. I watched Devin's take and I watched the video plan. He, he did a voiceover and everything. I've not um, seen that yet. I've only seen the match. Yeah, I, I think there's 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 two possible options here, um, and I think um, first off, we know Devin, we know De- how Devin is on camera. So when Devin pulls somebody strong, and you know, Devin, there, there's two things that could be happening. I, obviously, like Ryan says, the strap went on wrong. Was that intentional? I don't believe it was. Um, but outside of the strap. Khaled's finger strength just looks incredible. We already know that though. You know, for, for Michael to start rolling out and him to be able to really hang on and force him to even slip 
is to me the most impressive thing. After the strap went on, went on wrong, like Ryan said, um, <clears throat> that to me was almost to be expected, you know, the way it looked. I think, uh, from the perspective of fans that, you know, you got a lot of people saying that, you know, it's obvious that Khaled is at the elite super heavyweight level. I think that's not the case at all. And I also dare to, um, put the, the perspective out there that there is a possibility, um, that guys like Devin and Michael Todd are doing a bit of trolling. You know, Devin has been notorious for letting people make him look bad or put him in precarious situations. Um, you know, even Alex, my buddy Alex, you know, some of the videos that they did at the Arnold Classic, you know, he jokes about it. Devin is like the ultimate troll. He'll make people look good. He'll make it, you know. So I, we know Devin is notorious for that. Uh, Michael, not so much. But there is a possibility that he allowed things, you know, he definitely gave things away. Um, to potentially make Khaled look like more of the real deal. You know, that stuff's always good for, for social media and, and things like that. I'm not saying that happened. I'm just posing it as a possibility. But I'm, I'm with Ryan. I, I don't think that that showed me anything more than, than we already knew about Khaled. Like, I think we know his potential is absolutely through the roof. With these, we know he's completely genetically gifted as far as grip, finger strength, wrist strength, hand size, thickness, all that stuff. But it didn't show me that pulling um, didn't show me that he's any better than what it showed me when he was pulling schoolboy or, or Devin. Okay. So I think first of all, like if if you're the world champion, like Michael is WL champion, it doesn't matter how like how you put on strap. It really shouldn't matter. It only matters when you're facing someone good. And and I think that says a lot about Khalid. Like, when I'm arm wrestling in the training, I will always put the strap on my side. I will I will go like the regular, not the hustle, you know, without – it goes through the strap without going around it. So – but it's still – I always put it on my side because I like to be in disadvantage. And I still can beat most of the guys. When I'm arm wrestling the strongest guys, I will put it on my side. So – the hand is really, really something else. And I think that's, that's the big potential. He, he's very, you know, he looks very good, very solid. Khalid looks super good. And I was really impressed. Uh, Michael couldn't beat him without King's move. And that should say something about that guy. He couldn't, he couldn't pull him back. He couldn't hook him. He couldn't go anywhere else than rely on the King's move. And, that that means a lot about you know Khalid. I I I believe Michael was exhausted, but still. So in my eyes, the guy is legit strong, with right tutoring, like pulling him in the right direction. He might be great. Like like the hand compared to Michael's hand, it's there. Michael couldn't take his hand, you know, at all. Like at all, uh, Devon struggled to take his hand. So that's that should say like huge advantage from the start, and from there it only like I I don't really believe like Ryan saying like I have ten guys or eight guys in Britain, in Australia that are like I don't believe that I I really haven't seen someone that comes in and you know even if they're huge even if they're huge and unlimited when they just had a hand is top rollable you know you cannot top roll him. That's, you know, you need a really good top roller. 
And I think Khalid needs to improve and needs to get in competition. In competition, we'll show you. Like, the training is training. But when, when yeah. like, how, how, like, in training, I can take a lot of guys to their limits, you know, depending on how strong I am on that day and depending where they are on that day. So that was a training session for me where Khalid looked very good. I don't know how, how, I, I, Michael was working out. I think he's very happy to be with Larry and he's like, Let's work out every time, all day, all day. You know? <laughs> so I, I, I had that vibe. But I, I believe the dude is legit. Legit strong. <laughs> but you cannot put him in elite or pro or something else without competition. It, arm wrestling doesn't work like that. Arm wrestling no. works just by, you know. We know, we know Eric Spoto and like uh, Devon saying, underground king of arm wrestling. But he needs to arm wrestle to be the king, you know. So... That's my, my yeah, I, I, I think I'll endorse everything that's been said there in terms of it's very difficult when you're doing any kind of um, review of a puller, particularly one like Khalid, to not come across as negative. And I really, really want to start this off by saying I am incredibly impressed by Khalid. Oh, a couple of just consideration factors out here. First of all, and you can sort of take your pick on which ones it is you believe. First of all, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about a situation where when an elite arm wrestler or a high-level arm wrestler, or let's just say an arm wrestler who believes they are the higher-level competitor, pulls against another puller. They tend to be a little bit relaxed without possibly being as conscious of the, that fact as they might otherwise be, you know. So they will soften out critical areas which allow that individual to get into their sweet spot. And Khalid is going to hold nothing back. He's 100% guns blazing. And from day one, moment one, in the encounter between Michael and Khalid, Michael was attacking an area, and he was attacking it slowly and in a very controlled manner, Attacking an area in which Khalid is quite clearly extraordinarily strong. Maybe the strongest of his crop. He's the, the weirdo of the weirdos in that particular area. Michael went directly to that area. Okay, And doing that without any pace attached to it means that you're not going to expose the bone line of Khalid at all and make him... Put him into a situation which would really expose his lack of arm wrestling experience. The counterpoint to that is the guy is not just pulling a normal professional, he's pulling a man who is arguably the very best super heavyweight arm wrestler on the planet. Okay? Yeah. That's just a point of a consideration. So let's just make that very clear. The other things to point out here is. Just picking up one race there. I'm, I'm going to speak about me specifically, and I don't know about you guys. Ryan, you're probably no problem with this because I know the manner in which you train, and I've had periods of time to do similar things. But if you go into a situation where you arrive in a group of arm wrestlers and allow those arm wrestlers to literally jump all over your ass for a day, mm -hmm. okay? pull them in all positions, letting... It does deplete you. It depletes all the elements that are joined up that you are going to need to be anywhere near your strongest. You do that for an entire day and you don't want to appear like an arsehole, so you allow people to jump all over you. And for those people, they're pulling the super heavyweight world number one to world number five. 
unarguably one of those guys. So they go at you like their lives depend on it. They hit you with every fibre of their being. Just so They can be the guy that on that video took a pin or made Michael Todd work. So Michael's still in that relaxed form. It's just another guy. I'll pull him a little bit. But he jumps all over Michael. That is doing damage. Then the next day, you show up and you do that grace exercise that he did where, you, you know, and other forms of training, heavy bicep, cable, cable curls, all mm-hmm. kinds of things that are not out there. Yeah. Cut a long story short, the guy is extremely fatigued, okay, and then pulls Khalid exactly where Khalid is unbelievably strong. So I think when you put all those factors together, you've just got to be conscious of, don't, don't get carried away with yourselves and think, oh my God, Khalid can trouble Michael Todd. Can he fuck? Okay, that's, mm. the, that's the Let's just get that out of the way really early. Yeah. What Khalid <coughs> is, is unbelievable potential. Yeah. Because for anybody under any circumstances, to be able to make Mike work in the manner he was made to work, when you've been arm wrestling for a very limited period of time and clearly have very limited experience and knowledge of positions and so on, is absolutely remarkable. Right. So with the right tuition, where can that guy go? I I, I don't believe... um, I've got to disagree with what Ryan had said the other week, and I think Ryan sometimes gets... You know, misinterpreted a little bit on purpose. <laughs> but I don't believe there are a myriad of guys that are yeah. exactly like Khalid. I, I personally believe that Khalid is a, a very, very, very special individual. I think that's a, he's a, he's a one in, literally one in a million guy. He's a freak. He's a weirdo. Somebody put in the comments, oh, his hands aren't that big. Nobody with decent sized hands would say that. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> those aren't big hands to you. Yeah. I, idea what you're talking Shaquille about. Shaquille O'Neal is the only other person saying that. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you now. I'm going to go on record. I don't care. It gets me negative comments or not. That mine's hands are massive. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's natural structure is massive. His frame is massive. He is a very, very solidly built person, particularly in the hand-forearm region. That's where you can see it. Just look at the dude. He's built for the game. So in terms of where he can go as an arm wrestler, I believe that his potential is as good as pretty much anybody I've ever seen. The one area that I'd love to see explored is for somebody to just show us what he's got in a straight up turned in slow hooking yeah. scenario. Yeah. That ramps me. Right, you still going to the boy? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you'll do it for us. You're going to be the man who just puts oh, him in yeah. the hole. I, I wanted to ask, which one of us would, would try to top roll him? I wouldn't. I would not try to top I would not try no to top way. roll him. No way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I would shoot across that table so fast. I don't want to go in to try to get that guy into it. <laughs> Hey, Ray, I, Ryan, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't, I'd be all the way on his side. Yeah. I wouldn't do anything with my hand. It's just that potential. I love that a guy yeah. has come into the sport 
who in five years you could easily be talking about as one of the absolute stars of the sport in the heavyweight stroke super heavyweight division. I think he's well, ace. For the guy, for the people in the comments, I feel like the comments are going to like this this response. The four of us responding um, in the different ways that we did could get misinterpreted in the comments. I think I think to sum it up, we all agree that that. After seeing this, that Khaled is unbelievable. I don't personally think that necessarily this showing showed us any more than the previous did. I still stand by what I said. I think he's an absolute phenom. Um, and even like, like, uh, Neil, you're saying five years, I think with the guy's intensity and focus and the fact that Larry is going to keep bringing people to him and keep building his legend, I think he can do it in one year or two years. And he's also like watching that video. He's super in tune. Like with what he's doing and what he's learning, I think I I felt I can just kind of feel the energy that he he possibly does want to, want to be great because usually that's what it comes down to with these freaks. They're out there. Um, it's just really lining up the one in a million with the actual motivation to be great. And I think he I think it's looking like um, he could be. And when I when I say trolling, I think you know he's already built up an internet legend kind of already by by beating schoolboy and you know his interactions. He's got some of the biggest um internet names in in several sports who are crossing his path. And yeah. they I think everyone is on board with helping getting him going and continuing to build that legend. So I'm that's when I'm referring to trolling, that's what I mean. I'm actually a little concerned about the fact that he's become such a internet uh, sensation, which is great and also negative at the same time. Because, right. Too much expectation. Yeah, too much expectation, exactly. And when the guy gets, you know, some some guy comes over from Georgia or Kazakhstan, smacks him in a <laughs> wig, you know, 55 kilos, smacks him in a hook and letters the bastard, then everybody's going to be like, oh, he was never any good. No, he's great. He just may have some, joking aside, he may still have some areas where guys that you may not be as uh, knowledgeable of, some, you know, nameless, faceless, top-class Georgian that, you know, isn't necessarily unbelievably recognised, but he's nevertheless... You know, forged from granite. Yeah. Goes over yeah. and cracks him in a hook. Everybody suddenly says, oh, Callan ain't got nothing. Callan's got a great deal. He just needs yeah. to have that well-rounded tuition. And I, I worry that everybody that goes over there won't necessarily give him that. It'll all be the, I'm going to pull Callan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. Take him off, off out, away from the camera and literally get the guy so he's a well-rounded puller. That's my concern. He strikes me as a guy that doesn't care as much about that internet fame. I could be wrong. Maybe just because of his background, I just can't imagine that he really worries too much about like his his social media fame. My my concern with the scenario that you're putting out, Neil, is that that random guy from Georgian comes or from Georgia, the Georgian comes over there and and snatches him up in a hook and just like you said, leathers him like ten times. And not that his his image gets ruined, but his self confidence gets ruined. Self confidence, yes. That, yeah, that worries me with a talented guy who's gifted more than anything. But and his lack of thing, knowledge of the sport that may be that may be magnified because if exactly. he's reading comments, which he clearly is reading comments. I mean, you saw on the Michael somebody was saying, you know, I'm getting all this hate, and he's clearly yeah. reading and and he's taking in some of them those comments. And if he right. gets a guy saying, oh, this guy beat him from wherever, and it's a, not a name. Khalid yeah. may not know that in just below wrestlers, there's 50 others who are really, really serious, you know? Yeah. Some of them, I yeah. mean, you know, make no mistake about it, would one of those top-class Ukraines, top Kazakhs, uh, top Turks, be able to let Michael Todd know he was in an arm wrestling match? Absolutely. Yes, they would. 
absolutely yeah. they would. So, you know, could they beat him in a, in, in, a, in a super match format? No, they couldn't. But my God, he'd know he was in a match, and Mike would be the first to tell you. You know, there's yeah. levels to the thing, and there's a great deal of very, very good arm wrestlers in the world, many of yeah. whom you don't know. For me, uh, I want to I want to reiterate as well that for me, the, I think the biggest factor is Larry Wheel's marketing value in this. This is this is why, and I and I and I, and I do go back and saying there are. Let, I will, I'll refine my number. There's not eight. There's three in Brisbane, but there's there's guys close. You, you, like the, the, the biggest guy. No one said it. It's just like when Devin when Devin came out and pulled Marcus at the eye. Marcus said to Devin, can I just hold you and you try? And, and Devin did. And Devin was like, holy shit, this novice is holding at center and I can't do anything. And then myself, I can't, I, at the time, I couldn't do anything to Marcus at your right. But because no one in the room had 1.5 million subscribers, no one's raving about Marcus at your right. So I'm not putting Khaled down. I'm saying he's not the one. He's just one of the ones that could be the one if he goes on and does everything that he needs to do. He certainly, he certainly, I, I, I think that in his area of specialist strength, in his small window of excellence, he really is excellent though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes. But, super weird. As, as, but as we've all said, a lot of those super weirdos, it's the motivation that is the hard thing for them. It's the, it's easy. Fall away. It's it's, but it, it, but that is the blessing that Khaled has because of the marketing. Larry will keep him on track. The world wants to see Khaled try this sport properly, and um and I hope he does because yeah, yeah he he has the frame, he has the hand to become the world number built one. Built like a truck. Built like a truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have those genetics. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, it's the, the, com- the comparisons that are being made are crazy, though. Like, I mean, you're, you're seeing people, you're throwing, like, people are throwing out scenarios of, like, time in the sport, like, him compared to, like, John Brzezink. And I don't even think that John's hand is anywhere near the size or strength as, as Khaled's. But it's, it's just not a fair comparison at all. It's John, John's it, hand. John's hand measures exactly the same as mine, except that the bones are thicker. Like double, right. his fingers are double as thick as mine, but size of hand is the same as mine. So John's hand's not that big. Right. But jo- John was a John was a purebred arm wrestler, raised an arm wrestler. Where Carl yeah, from a baby, the man yeah. grew up in a bowling yeah. alley arm wrestling. His dad arm wrestling. Other members of his family arm wrestling. He's been, you know, um, but like if Bradley, when Bradley grows up, there is a you know, if, if, for example, Bradley chose to pursue the sport of arm wrestling, yeah. he yeah. has got an exceptional opportunity to be amazing. I mean, look at Hermes Gasparini. Hermes Gasparini, I used to arm wrestle with Massimo Gasparini back in the late 80s, early 90s, his dad. And he was a solid arm wrestler. And Hermes has been surrounded, encapsulated by the sport of arm wrestling since he was a baby. So... What if he then chooses to pursue that? What you end up with is a guy that, you know, he, he's always going to have that exposure. It's been throughout his life. So Tom Holland's another great example. Man's a purebred arm wrestler. That's what he does. His mum, his dad, he's everything. Khalid, he's only a young man, but he's like everybody. He's he's the guy that's come into the sport as an adult, and his motivation is king. How how much he pursues, how much time, how much opportunity he he has. Is absolutely paramount. 
in how far he goes. It's absolutely paramount, and, I, and I'm, I'll be gutted if the pressure of all the internet stuff and him yeah. getting put into matches. Like I sent a note yesterday, and this is something I want to, I want to put out into the ether. We're, 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 we're looking like we're doing arm wars at the Arnold Classic in the UK. Yes. <laughs> okay, October of next year, first to the third. I'm proposing arm wars. Khalid, get him in a match. His first professional match. Marcus Otero. Who, who would you give him? <laughs> that honestly depends on the progression of Khalid. It would yeah. be governed by the progression of Khalid. But in terms of a realistic target date for that guy to get into a, a super match situation or challenge match situation um, would be, that's a viable time scale. It's about a year mm. away with the right kind of tuition. The guy could be ready to do something then and we'd see where he's at. You know. give him, uh, well, just instinctively, are you saying someone like a low-level super, like when I say low-level, I'm talking pro, low-level pro, like what Tom Nelson, that sort of standard, or would you yeah. go? Elite, yeah, elite I don't, low- I don't, call, I don't call Tom Nelson a low-level pro. No, I, I, no. But, I, but, I, but I think I match not- it up. By, I think I match it up on styles, mate. I'd like to see yeah. Khalid against someone who number one isn't concerned about his hand. So somebody who can really pull and is solid without his hand. So if we're taking it to uh, whatever, well, okay, let's go Australia. So you want, okay, who would you put him against in Australia? Ben Carroll. Ooh, Why? Yeah. Because he, he busts Ben Carroll. Ben Carroll's strong as hell and doesn't care, and he's going to go straight at him. Yeah. Now that's that's the kind of thought process that yeah. I'll be going through when I think about, okay, how does this match up? Who's your match criteria based upon? Either someone who is very very hard to keep out of their hook. Or someone who doesn't really care about the hand and wrist. If you take Todd Zilla and the fundamentals that create an arm wrestler like Todd Zilla, rare though they are, he would be a great test for someone like Khaled because Todd Zilla couldn't care less whether you take his hand and wrist. Not bothered. That tells you a lot about Khaled. Is he just this silver bullet area? Or has he got other opportunities? And it will build on him. It'll allow him to develop his game. Because I've no doubt that Khalid will come in and has come in at a very uh, solid level for any guy who's going to go in there and try and bust through his hand and wrist. And if you think that that's not the case now, regardless of where you stand in this argument and you think, you know, yeah, let's factor in Todd was exhausted and all these things. Regardless of that, schoolboy wasn't. And schoolboy's no bump. He's not amazing on the right arm. Let's yeah. be honest. <clears throat> he's not amazing on the right arm. He, but he's a good, solid, level right arm arm wrestler. And he couldn't get out of Khalid's hand. So yeah. Khalid is serious. He's, he's a solid mm-hmm. arm wrestler. So based on where he's going to progress to, and if you could yeah. look at him in, say, August next year, you could easily make that match up. And uh, at the Arnold Classic, Eddie Hall's event, at the NEC, be a great yeah. time to do it. I think a lot of a lot of his progression is going to hinge off of what Larry Wills and Larry Wills' manager decides to do as far as bringing the right people over. Um, the last possible thing, like 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 you're saying, Neil, is that you bring the wrong person over there and shatter that guy's confidence, or or you put him around the wrong person, and it all could just it all could just fade away. So, Larry, if you're listening to this, make sure you keep this guy on the path and you get the right people around him. Well, in some respects, you, you couldn't be more. I, I couldn't agree with that more, Paul. 
some respects, if you're bringing guys over to train the guy, it's not necessarily about let's make a uh, a bit of footage, a YouTube video yeah. with Khalid Armrest in someone. That's not what you need. You also need an element of let's get this guy nowhere near cameras and let's right. drill, let's look at this Absolutely. guy, let's look at him from his feet up. Right. And, and it's, it's almost like when we go, we go back to that trolling thing or whatever, but like, let's say, let's say, you know, somebody Ray's going over there. Like, Ray needs to have dedicated time with this guy off camera. Now, if they want to do some camera stuff or social media, maybe Ray, Ray lets him have some stuff, keep building the hype. You got to get the people around him who are willing to be vulnerable around him too. You know, the people who have less of an ego and who aren't as concerned about being on film. But that real training needs to take place off camera. And then if they want some hype footage, you got to have people who are willing to get it, get it to them too. I think that there's a portion of that where you want to be real. And then there's a portion of it, like you said, where a really good arm wrestler is confident or asleep and give things away. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like you need to have people who are comfortable enough to give some things away to let him work and put themselves in a vulnerable position so that the, the, the cameras are on and everybody feels good about themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's an unpopular perspective, but the reality of it is, is Devin is great at that, you know? It, and, and I think in a way, Michael Todd inadvertently is also in his last couple things that he's done, he's given a lot away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And also Michael's the kind of arm wrestler that, are, that, that we've seen throughout his existence. Despite the fact that Michael is arguably the hardest man to beat in the sport of arm wrestling, certainly, you know, in the super heavyweight division, there are a massive amount of really good super heavyweight arm wrestlers that could look great for 80% of a match against Michael Todd. When you look at Michael's most recent tournament outing at elite level, if you'd have looked and freeze frame the match against Nick Zena relatively early in that competition an, un- an untrained eye without knowledge of what Michael's capable of would bet their house that Nick Zena wins that match yep. the, tr- the, the reality of the fact is that no he doesn't they then see him against Dave Chafee and they bet the house that Dave Chafee you know you, you, so many people can get Michael into that oh. horrible yeah. position but once you got him there are you any nearer in reality to even finished him no Dude makes right. a living of coming back. That's a great point. You know, and my, that's the thing. My buddy Bill Runkle, I remember when I was just getting started into, into you know, following WAL stuff out in Chicago, it was an early prelim match in that tournament, and, and Bill just whacked him right, right to the pin line. And this is a guy that I train with here. I know exactly what Bill's about. Uh, a lot of, um, like, like you're saying, a lot of, you know, Good arm wrestlers who people might not know can make Michael Todd or, or arm wrestle for even a kind of an extended period of time without a ton of, uh, of, of technical background. So, I mean, the style and the way he pulls can be misleading. And like we, you talk about the, you know, look at, let's look at his back, both of Michael Todd's most recent outings that have generated a lot of internet hype. He's done a full arm workout before both of them. He gives himself the buckle. And in this case, he wraps it the wrong way. <laughs> so if anybody's, you know, Devin made it clear in his video, but if anybody's not understanding what he did, he put the buckle on his hand. The first wrap is supposed to go around his arm. He took it around Khaled's arm. So, oh, I'm not, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, he, he, he and the hustle strap, he didn't feed it through either. So, I mean, I don't, I put the strap on right every time. I haven't experimented with putting it on wrong, but my gut tells me if you put it on wrong, that's going to negatively affect the person even more with the buckle. You know, the funny thing is, though, no joke, I, many, many, many times, if you're just mucking about on a practice table, I'd do that anyway. I'd give it yeah. to you. Literally, just, just get the strap on. A lot of the time, you know, you know yeah. if, if it's a serious, then yeah, get the strap on, bang on. But if you're just messing about on a practice table, who gives it? Just get the strap right anywhere. Paul, your match, no against, your, super, your super match against Paul Talbot with, uh, in West Virginia, uh, you got hustle strapped by Travis and everyone who had the buckle lost, remember? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, yeah. The, that's, that's the correct hustle strap. That's the correct hustle strap, meaning it doesn't feed through the loop, but at least whoever got the buckle also got it around their arm first. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking about the double hustle strap against yourself. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not the hustle strap. More the fe- you got. You didn't get the fairest strap, but you got. You know, so it went. For you the got the, you, you didn't get the fair strap. You also got the strap. The, the non-fair strap put on the the opposite way. So I mean, I don't even know. Like I know. I see. I, I hear what Neil's saying, but I'm usually just me with my OCD. I'm usually in tune to that when a guy almost puts it on wrong. I'm like, hold on, you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? But, but, I, but I wonder whether Michael was or whether Michael just didn't give it. I don't think he cared. He didn't look like he cared. No, yeah. pro- and I, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to get to a situation where anybody's thinking that that uh, he's trying to make excuses for Michael Stubb because he doesn't need yeah. excuses making for him. He's there to do what he's d- there to do, and I'm sure he's come out with a very, very uh, real perspective of how good Khalid is or is not. But I'd love to see a situation where over the next couple of years you started to see Khalid. Pulling guys like a Ben Carroll, a Lazar Barkin, guys yeah. like that. Danny, want really. Danny Pish. Danny let's, Pish. Let's not be silly. We don't want to <laughs> knock the guys. We are, yeah, we talked about building the guy up, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to protect him. We've got to manage this fighter, protect him a little bit. You can't throw him right to the wolves. Danny and Khaled have the greatest internet fame, considering how little they've done in... in the spotlight, like, they're, they're meant for each other. Well, yeah, Khalid, because he's performed incredible feats of strength, like the Millennial Dumbbell and things like that. And then you've got Danny, who, because he shows up to his super matches on a cloud. So, yeah. you know, they're just different. It brings up a fascinating point. You hear so many armors that say practice means nothing. Um, We've, we've said it on this show. We've, we've debated about the validity of practice pulling. Um, and the entire arm wrestling world is diving so deep into the practice pulling right now. And it's very interesting to see the wide spectrum of interpretations on it. So we, we, I think end of the day, we, we need to see him in a genuine either tournament, super match, whatever. And we'll, we'll get an idea then. Well, let, hey. Whoa, 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 sweet child of mine. Okay. <laughs> Let's just focus on that for a minute, right? Because I'm going, Ray, time to get serious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the other week we're talking about a situation with uh, Michael and Devon. All right. There you go, Ray. I like the ethics, the thought that counts. So. <laughs> talking about the situation with Michael and Devon, and their comments light up with, "Oh, Devon wasn't trying. Devon wasn't trying." Now, listen, listen. I'm 
as I may be the biggest Devon fan. I love Devon. I've worked with Devon all his entire career. He's one of my closest personal friends in the sport of arm wrestling. But let's be honest here. I don't care. You're a world-class arm wrestler and you're in a practice situation and you're telling me that you weren't trying that hard when when you started to lose, you pulled your elbow eight feet off the back of the... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Fucking fucking hell. That's an that's an ace cut. That's the kind of thing I'd say. It's like, were you trying then, Neil? I'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) My ass has dripped three pints of blood out because I'm trying to... (laughs) You know, like, going down, it goes, you know, you fake your necks out, your bloody elbows that far off the back of the pad. You may not be aware of it, but you're trying really hard. (laughs) That's what that, you know, you can go, at that time I was just trying to gas his wrist and hand out for the other 20 matches. Okay, I'll concede on that point. Maybe that's what you were trying to do. But what that didn't do is give any kind of accurate information out there to people who are watching and commenting. All right. Because there's no resemblance whatsoever, no commonality between a guy arm wrestling and stopping themselves from being pinned when his arm remains on the pad and a guy whose whose elbow is literally, you know, (laughs) the back of the pad. Believe me, it's much harder to pin the dude when his elbow's that far off the back of the pad. And yet that, that match. Okay, that happened. You watch the, go back and watch the Michaels, Michaels driving like hell, the elbows off the back of the pad. So, practice, practice, practice is an interesting, you can't read anything out of practice because of the fact that there was no money on the line, and nobody knows what condition the arm wrestler showed up in. And those two factors, Pretty much, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's the thing that only 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 experienced arm wrestlers uh, even are aware of those things. That's the that's the thing that the, the the less experience you have and the closer you are to just a fan who's watching, the the less you understand that factor. And and so it's interesting watching this whole coloured development. But yeah, I agree. It's funny. The other day I was I was watching um, Travis and Gary. On Beauty and the Beast. Ladies and gents, if you don't watch that, get over there, watch Gary Roberts. It's hilarious, it is. Travis uh, Bajan, Unfiltered, get over, watch Beauty and the Beast. Some funny stuff there. At the end That's of the hilarious. day, Travis. Yeah, now you can't But Travis makes a comment in there, which, whether you love or hate Travis, it's absolutely true, where he says, You've got guys in there like Bill Runkle, Wayne Withers, other, and he names, uh, you know, a number of top. North American arm wrestlers. And if you went over and met these mothers in their garage on a Thursday night and they grip you up, you'd think, God damn, that dude is serious. Yep. And he says, and we are running through those guys like they're not even there because it's on. Me, Jerry, and then he, he talks about, you know, three or four other guys that everybody knows that when the money's down, mm. a version of that dude shows up by fair means or foul. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But a version of that walk through the door who is a very different individual. It's like, okay, who are you? Just a different bloke. You know? That's the X factor. That's what we're talking about. It's when oh, you win anywhere from like five grand to twenty grand whatever it is, expect it to be really difficult to win. Because some guys will show up there wanting to win really, really bad. 
you know? Nick yeah. Zena being a classic example. Nick Zena in week one loses a match to Chan Shaw. Different mm-hmm. 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 Nick Zena pulled in the 2015 World Arm yeah. Just different. <clears throat> you know? So, anyway, we're not getting into... We're not getting into the specifics of how that happens. Let's leave that there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. practice makes perfect. Can you learn a little bit from practice? Absolutely. You can learn bits. You can, you know, but you've got to go into practice with a very, very open mind. As simple as that. You know? Can Cali beat Michael Todd? No. Uh. <laughs> But I love Khalid. Oh my yeah. God. Khalid's, Khalid's injected some venom back into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, at that level where you think, oh, there's a dude that might be something special. And there's some of those guys out there, you know, we, we're running out of time on this first episode, but there's some guys out there that I would absolutely love to see test the guys who are the recognized best in the world. You know? Yeah. There's yep. some of those out there, particularly in that sort of top eight environment. That sort of 95 kilo. I mean, we talked the other week about Margarine and, you know, mm-hmm. very real threat. Very real threat. And in the next episode of The Fix, I want to I want to boil this down a little bit and get into the potential around arm wars in the UK next year and Sort of around that environment where you find Celtic, Ryan Bowen, also Ray Rolly Royce, and also <laughs> possibly some other guys who match up really poor. May even want to get up and play in that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying. But you've other guys that, you know, like a Dallas Langston, who might slot in there really well. Stefan Samas, Frodo Hoagland, Ray. Could be mm. an interesting eight man opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. Not for today. ladies ladies and gentlemen we're at 45 minutes into this episode of The Fix number 37 Ray I think I I think so yeah yeah. and at that point we're going to wrap it up ladies and gents but remember put your comments in the question below we will be in the put your comments in the comments below we will be doing another show in a minute so don't be too upset if you don't make it into show 38 Probably going to be 39 before you see him. By which point, Ryan Blue Bowen may have a thick shirt. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's some jerky. And some Western Survivor jerky. Yeah, a lot of it, mate. Believe me, Adam Bandle doesn't play games. <laughs> even like more people. That's his box. Look, even pork. Even pork. Oh, hey, did you try Pork this jerky. It's really good as well. Have you tried that? Yeah, I have not tried it yet. It is the, awesome. The bacon bit. The, the bacon bit. Yeah, I made eggs with the bacon bits. I made eggs with them. Good. <laughs> I don't Good stuff. <laughs> Over the next couple of months, we'll be coming on here, and, uh, and we might, after about eight, nine months of shows, we might work yeah. through the one box that Adam sent over. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to ration myself. I, I see you not like with the, with the little video I did with my kid. He ate two of the, he ate all the pepperoni sticks, even the hot ones. He ate them all. Because they are hot as well. Yeah. He ate them all. I had one of each. That was it. He ate the rest of them. I didn't even know he did it. Mate, check it out. Western Survivor. Link's in the description, ladies and gentlemen. And until we see you next time here, on behalf of myself, the very sexy Paul Lynn, Raymond, Roy Royce, Ryan, Blue Bowen, 
We will see you back here next time. And if you're not already a subscriber, please hit that button. Get on there. Check it out. Like, share, subscribe, motherfuckers, and we'll see you next time. Biggity, biggity, bong.